It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, the long, the long intro tonight. Oh, oh. <laughs> we barking after dark, baby. What have y'all got me into? <laughs> <laughs> We're listen. This is bark after dark. We're barking. Rusty's whimpering. Oh man, um, we we worked this man to death today. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Bruce called me at five o'clock and I couldn't hear him from the CCR playing. I'm like, wait a minute, we got the podcast at nine o'clock. And, and what Bruce was uh, what was the song? What was the CCR? Bad Moon Rising. Bad Moon Rising. Okay. I was like, Bruce, you got CCR playing? He was like, Hey, I'm tailgating. <laughs> <laughs> Just, y'all are not playing around, man. Rocking the uh, the MVP tonight. Yeah. I look yeah. at y'all, man. Try to get the camp. Try get the tax deduction for me. We're, we're dreamers, <laughs> baby. We're dreamers. So I, I can tell it now. I took y'all out to eat when you came to my hometown. Took y'all out to eat, gave us here. So y'all had an official visit to Rome, and I took care of you guys. Hey man, listen, that was the first time I've been to Rome as an adult, and I'll say this: you, if somebody dropped you into downtown Rome, you'd think you were in a like Philadelphia or something. You would think yeah, you were in a big it city. Nice. It was nice, man. And People. then you step off downtown Rome, and you're like, oh shit. Well, the problem is getting to Rome. You know, it's like you got to take yeah. two deaths and seven hours later you end up here. But once you get to Rome, people, I, everybody that comes to Rome uh, is like, holy shit, that place is nice. Like, what's yeah. going on? you know, but nice little hidden secret, man. Matt Luke was up here with his son uh, during during the holidays for Georgia Elite Classic. And I had to pretty much drag Matt Luke out of the out of the Rome. I was like, Dude, you got to go home, man. <laughs> you can't stay you got a, you got a family so he, he loves it looks like they throw down on that river though um yeah, yeah. Lines, though. oh oh god dude, dude you go you don't even know there firework <laughs> No, I told I told the people on the board uh, if if you get over to Giggity's at four a.m. today, uh, Rusty Mansell throwing a little private meet and greet from four a.m. to six a.m. this morning. Bojangles biscuits will be served. <laughs> <laughs> so, a true story. I know the guy owns Giggity's. Obviously, he's a major, major Georgia guy. Shout out DJ Giggity's at Broad Street in Rome. Well, Kirby Smart was in Rome like two years ago. His son had a tennis tournament, and it wind up getting rained out. His son upset a couple of people, and next thing you know, Kirby Smart spends like four nights in Rome in the summer, and he found a wing place that he liked. So dude went like four nights in a row, and then Giggity's found out that he didn't come to their place four nights in a row, so they called me and cussed me out. I'm like, look, <laughs> I was with the guy. He liked the other place. That's where he went. So The uh, handler. Yeah, so Giggity's, is, they've kind of been on me. I'm like, look. Coach Moore, don't don't roll up into town too much. That was, was an L for you. Well, we start every show with what you're drinking. Um, I'm drinking the classic. 
the the tequila uh, Topo Chico and lime, and it's poured strong. Little extra, little extra splash of, of tequila in there. So, Roos, what you got? Uh, Tropicalia tonight to celebrate the arrival. I got a line of them over here on the kitchen table, brother. <laughs> hey, Rusty's. Hey, we got a content plan, and Rusty's got first story in the morning. So, hey, we, get, wake up with a sore head if you want to, brother. <laughs> Those are going to be ramblings tomorrow morning. See how long that is. So, if you're not a subscriber for one dollar. You don't get that many ramblings every day, and I'll be honest with you, it's some pretty good stuff. So ramblings are going to be good tomorrow. Russ is going to scan them in and post them to the board. I, I, somebody's about to screenshot this, blow it up, and just post it to Twitter for free. <laughs> <laughs> you can, if you can look at my writing and screenshot it, you got eyes. So look, I, I'm going to disappoint for a second, and uh, I'm going to say that I had a half-and-half half coffee that is gone, but – I'm also going to make Jake Rowe's night because I've been holding on something for Jake Rowe for a long, long time. And I didn't give it to him on his official visit. I was going to give it to him when we were employees together again. So I got a 1997 Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> That's John Elway, Bill Davis, Sterling, uh, Shannon Sharp, Steve Atwater, and Bill Romanaski. And listen, all the stickers are still on. It's never been open, Jake. All the stickers are still on. Everything's on it, dude. From 19- I've never felt like such a kid in my life. 1997. If you open this damn thing, the wow. first thing I'm taking away, but that's, that's your. That, that, hey, that's listen, that right, that right there, and and my Ronald Acuna bobblehead dollar, my retirement plan. I was gonna say that's three Hall of Famers, dude. That, that's yeah. Henry's college fund. That's top, right there. Top row. <laughs> Yeah, that's going that's going to get Henry to North Georgia Junior College. <laughs> there, baby. Clean out. I was cleaning out my uh, office and some things and changing up today, and and ran across this. So I want to show this to you. This is a 1980 National Championship hat. Ooh, trucker mesh. So nobody's getting that one, but I'll just tell you that that one's a prized possession. Pretty sweet, huh? 1980. Yeah. That's I'll, that's awesome. I'll that accept is. I'll accept a VHS tape of SummerSlam '93 with the poster, please. I probably have Dusty <laughs> Rhodes versus. I'll tell you one quick story on wrestling. Thirty seconds. So wrestling was obviously big in me growing up, and it was life or death for me. Like I was Tommy Wildfire Rich, and that was my guy. So one night, Dusty Rhodes wrestled Abdullah the Butcher here in Rome, and obviously Dusty Rhodes was my guy too. And, Man, I went to that match. My dad took me. We were I was so pumped. It was a good long one, good bloody one, you know. And the match was over. It was in the night main event. You know, we're stuck in traffic and trying to get out of there. And uh, we go down to the little local gas station about three blocks away. And man, this big Cadillac pulled up beside me. And it was Dusty Rhodes and Abdul the Butcher. They walked in and got beer and chicken and got in the car. <laughs> and it crushed me, man. It crushed my soul, dude, just to see that. Like how <laughs> guys be in the same car like they should absolutely hate each other to death but kayfabe is dead that was my first that was my first disappointment in, in wrestling wrestling is what it called bruce is uh is tonight tonight mm, mm. do we want to I, I feel like we're gonna have to save that for a wrestling we gotta we gotta do a whole wrestling show but here's the thing i feel like i need i feel like i gotta tell this with rusty on here though i get it i get it yeah no this is it's a great story so uh, go ahead you know you want to say we can do a wrestling pod now yeah. All right. All right. Let's let's do it. Let's yeah. Do let's it. save let's, it. We'll have you on. We'll have you on. Because a- here's I can tell you, Arn Anderson grew yeah. up right here. Oh yeah. And I've known Arn Anderson since I was probably nine or ten years old. So I can go wrestling with you. Let's yeah. Do it. All right. Maybe not. We'll, have, we'll have to do it some other night because I've got a great story. Yeah. One of the best you've ever heard about Great yeah. American Bash 1992 Albany Civic Center. 
Oh boy. And uh, I'm telling you, it is, it is an all timer. It is 100% true. Um, I don't have to embellish a single word of it. It is exactly as it happened. I, I've got, but, I've got uh, a great one too. I found out the other night I went to a, I went to a pay-per-view one time. I saw a match that people would pay. I mean, it, it would headline WrestleMania. Now it was, uh, it was like a third card match. It was awesome. Man. So yeah. uh, let's say that. Cause I'm all about a wrestling pod, man. Well, R- Rusty, uh, first off, welcome in, man. I know it's been a been a long day, uh, but a great day over at mm. Dogs HQ for sure. Exciting for everybody, I know. Um, we've talked a lot about, you know, I mean, listen, everybody in the, the market who follows you knows you, what you can do. But the podcast that we do here is about kind of diving into the backstory of you and, and where you're from, what you're about. Listen, you're one of Rome's great ambassadors i would say uh for sure um so i mean just give us the backstory man rusty mansell where does rusty where does rusty mansell come from and and how does rusty mansell find himself uh owning the the hottest uh, bulldog side on the well the let me let me throw this in there too okay. because here's another thing that i that i that i uh, layer i want to put on this is because i came up you know i was a georgia fan growing up and i came up on steve patterson's you know uga sports.com like i mean you know from the dog vent early days. Right. And, you know, on this show, we don't care. We talk about everybody. Um, well, I, you know, I get it. I, I'm start, I'm working in this business before I even know who Rusty is. Like I'd never, I I was so locked in on that. I didn't know. I knew a little bit about Dean and a little bit about Chad after Chad had gone to work with Dean and work with scout, but I hadn't getting, didn't get to know Rusty. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, man, Rusty man sales reporting. And was, I was on the job maybe a, a month. It was literally like January of 2012 is when it was. And I'm like, damn, this guy's got info, man. And like, you know, and, and y'all had so much free stuff back then at 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, and then, you know, I got to know you a little bit. I saw you out at some spots we met and, you know, next thing I know I'm working with you, but like I, for me, you came really just completely out of nowhere. And I know, you know, you're going to talk about what happened with the site and what, when that took off. Well, and I guess, I guess since, since Roe gave his rusty Mansell uh, uh, intro story, I guess I should give mine too. So when Roe left rivals, I took over his spot at, at, over there and buddy, those you want to talk about somebody commented uh, with the hard times, daddy, those were hard times, daddy. Uh, that was, I mean, going up against Jake Rowe and Rusty Mantell was not something I relished very much. I had Chad Simmons over at scout at the time. Oh man. And, uh, it was, man, it, you know, I, I was relying a lot on my ability to create uh, HTML because my website looked good. I could do that. And that was about all I had to offer. But uh, you, I, I will say this, Russell, you were always really super cool to me. Like even from the, the get go, when we first met each other, you were always, you know, uh, more than willing to talk. And, and really, I, I feel like you and I became pretty fast friends. Yeah, man. And that's one thing I've said from the entire time, you know, the Georgia market, everybody wants to try to turn, turn it into a Alabama Auburn deal. You know, it's not. I, we got a lot of great sites in this market. The one I just left is a great site. Um, the one you guys were at Rivals before is a great site. Dean Leggy has a great site. Dog yeah. Nation has a great site. The Georgia market is really different where it can be so many different people uh, in so many different places. It's just a huge fan base, and it's a great time to cover Georgia. So I've never been that guy. I've never had an issue with anybody. I've never been that guy that goes, you know, I'm going to kick his ass today. That's not – I mean, I got up – I get up and want to do my job and, and do the best I can. But I've always kind of stayed in my lane. I've been more mature – 
Now, at 22 years old, I probably wouldn't fight everybody. But, uh, you know, uh, certainly when I got this job, um, real quick, you know, for me, Jake mentioned, you know, Steve Patterson. Obviously, that was the site, you know, back in the mid-90s. And the old grapevine was one of the first ones. But really and truthfully, man, my grandfather uh, got me into recruiting. And um, he would uh, he would bring me these little papers and he would bring me these papers at the family reunion deal because he lived in he lived in commerce. So when he come to Rome, you know, four or five times a year or whatever, he would always bring me these little. I don't even know who these papers were, but it would tell you all the top prospects. I'm talking about I was a high school kid. I'm following it like. But I, I remember and I've told both of them this. I got to tell Andre this this summer uh, when he got put into the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. I think the recruitment of Andre Hastings and Garrison Hurst really piqued my interest because Andre Hastings, if you don't know the younger people, go back and look at that Sports Illustrated when he's in that phone booth and that whole story on him. Uh, I've had a great conversation with him about that. But Garrison Hurst and those two guys really turned me on to recruiting because I kind of realized then that quote unquote five stars and their impact and how good those guys were at Georgia. And then you take Eric Zire, who was in my class, my senior year, we were same class. Um, Eric Zyre was a guy that obviously had the nation. He was the first guy that anybody knew that was a mid-year. So you look at Andre Hastings, what a great story. He had to wear number one. He had to be able to spat his shoes, and he wanted uh, a big screen TV in his room, and he got all three at University of Georgia. Uh, and he that got, was back in the day when they only let five players spat their shoes because they wanted the logos on the side of them. Notre Dame wouldn't let him do it. Notre Dame yeah. wouldn't let him number one in Notre Dame. Well, I'll tell you this, Lou Holtz, they were going to make him live with a regular student, and everybody did that. Well, he didn't go to Notre Dame because of that. And so you're, if you want to go back and look at some stories, go back and look at Andre Hastings. Those guys kind of you know, got me involved, and then at that point, I was hooked. I've watched Forrest Davis every Saturday morning. I have every magazine. i got all kind of magazines over here I could pull up one day and show you guys. So, you know, I was a guy that played high school football. I loved it. Was I ever going to play college football? Hell no. But my experience playing high school sports, uh, it gave me fuel to want to be a part of something. So, you know, I go in, I go to college, kind of, you know, fiddle fart around, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, got married, had a couple of kids. And, and next thing you know, I, I had to be in the work where I had to be a man. So I did that. Uh, I actually worked in a steel mill from 1997 to 2001. I was in a steel mill where it would melt your boots off of your shoes if you walked in the wrong place. And. Um, learned how to trade. I learned to trade about programming robots. I went to a, like an eight week school in Dayton, Ohio and learned how to program. It led me to another job, another career and stepped up and got into management for a company called Pirelli Tires. Everybody's heard of that. It was a great job. I did nine years, but I got a phone call one day from a good friend of mine and uh, he didn't do it long because he was a high school coach with a guy named Burke Hayes called me. He said, Rusty, I just took a job with scout.com. I said, what? And he goes, yes, that scout.com. And I go, for real? And he goes, yeah, it's like 2007. He said, dude, I know you're hooked on recruiting. I said, absolutely. He goes, well, I'm, I'm working under armor camps. Do you want to come start doing this with me? I said, hell yes, I'm in. So literally there for about two years, I would go with him to under armor camps and I would chart 40s and I would help register kids and I would do anything I could. And I didn't make one single dime. And there were times when my wife at the time was like, look, you got to quit this junk, you know, and finally one day, Scott Kennedy, who ran scout.com came up to me and he said, dude, you really want to do this, don't you? And I said, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm very interested in it. So 
He said, I'm going to give you a part-time job. And somewhere in one of these drawers over here, I got the check. So my first check was like 111 bucks. And I was like, holy shit, man, I've made it. Like, That's I'm, what I make. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting paid to watch high school football. Like you couldn't stop. At that point, you couldn't stop me. And I did part-time work for scout Dean Leggy gave me a, you know, Dean Leggy uh, gave me an opportunity. I worked part-time with him and started filming games on Friday nights. And the more I got, I couldn't get away from it. And I had a, listen, I had a great job. I moved myself up into management and uh, had a great job five minutes from my house and could have done 30 years at, at Pirelli. Great, great company to work for, but my heart was in recruiting and covering recruiting. So uh, when that happened, uh, probably in January of 2010, I got a phone call one night from a 615 area code in Shannon Terry. Yeah. He said, Hey, look, I've been watching you for a while and I've heard some stuff about you. And I was like, who are you? And kind of got off the phone with him. I was like, wait a minute, that dude, I think that dude's a big deal. He said, I'm going to call you in a few months. I got some stuff going on. And of course I never thought I'd hear anything back from it. And sure enough, about May of 2010, Shannon Terry called me and said, look, man, I'm starting this new company and uh, I want to put you on this Georgia site. And I was like, Look, man, I'm already getting paid part time. He goes, I'm not. I'm not talking about part time money. I'm talking about full time, full benefits. Here's your opportunity. I was like, dude, I'm in. And uh, that's kind of how it started for me. Um, you know, I was volunteering Under Armour camps, and I, you know, I tell these young people that ask me all the time, I put myself in front of the right people. You know, I just kept, I kept going and kept doing and trying to get my foot in the door. And fortunately enough, I was able to do it, you know, through Scout. And then Shannon gave me the opportunity of a lifetime to go full time with 24-7 sports. And that lasted until about 8.05 last night, four and a half years. And again, he changed my life. And I hope it changes all of our life with the decision we all made to come here at Dogs HQ. And that's kind of how I got from there to here. I'll tell you what, man. You had told me that story before um... – I mean, I, I knew when Shannon, you know, started everything up that I would have an opportunity at some point because I knew I was on good footing with him and, and that we kind of saw eye to eye on some things. But I knew when you told me that story long ago, probably four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I said, I'll go wherever Shannon Terry goes because of what he saw in you when, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, you, you know, the way you tell it, you weren't, you didn't know that you really had that in you either. No. He brought he not only did he see it, he brought it out. And then you've become what you've become. I've hitched my wagon to you in a lot of ways, too. Like, I, I mean, I don't ever really want to work with anybody else. So um, because a, I enjoy it and B, you're just so good at what you do. But, you know, the funny thing about the parallels and stories, you talk about Andre Hastings. Mine was Marcus Stroud and that, yeah. that Sports Illustrated cover. Um, I hope Palmer was able to run it down. Um, I, I shot him a text while he was doing it, but. Man, that that Marcus Stroud cover—that's what got me into it, like forever and ever. Because the funny thing is, is we we ran up with that monstrosity of a human being at Belk in Valdosta Mall um, oh, about two weeks after that happened, and he turned and he looked at my dad. Now, my mom is a is a firebrand. Okay, my mom will 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 tangle with anything. He turned and he looked at my dad. My dad had a Georgia hat on. He said, "Hey, see, look," and she goes, "What's wrong with him having a Georgia hat on?" And my dad was like, my dad's like five, seven, five, six and a half, you know, at the time, about 200 pounds. And Marcus Stroud standing there at six, six, you know, 270. And he said, Bonnie, you need to shut your mouth. <laughs> First thing he told me, he said, Bonnie, you need to shut up right now. He goes, we, we're not equipped to handle this. Um, but he was just like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. I'm sorry. I, I was, I signed with George. I said, mom, that's Marcus Stroud. He was just on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And he goes, yeah, man, you know your stuff. 
And then the funny thing was I went to football camp, Jim Donnan football camp, a couple years later after he was on campus. And we were – my mom and dad came and got me at Old McWhorter Hall. Oh, now, I know you've been out in front of Old McWhorter Hall because I've heard some stories about Broham Cadillacs, okay? <laughs> that a few times, the old man. Yeah. We're walking from McWhorter Hall to the car, and he comes over and stops us. He's like, hey, hey, y'all remember me? And I was like, dude, do you remember us? What are you talking about? <laughs> Nicest dude ever. I didn't see him again until the Athens uh, – until the Hall of Fame golf tournament over at the uh, over at Athens Country Club, whenever he was uh, um, stuff was smelling weird coming from his golf cart. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know who fueled Chad Simmons in this to get him in this business? You know who he grew up with. Who's that? Oh yeah, Heinz Ward. Chad Chad yeah. Heinz Ward were best friends, and Heinz yeah. Ward a lot of his uh, you know coaching stuff and the visits back then uh, at Chad's house because you know Heinz mom worked. Second, you know, she worked second two or three jobs. So uh, that kind of fueled Chad. He saw the process and how cool it was and kind of, you know, the knowledge. So, you know, just being around some things like that, you know, kind of you know, set the tone for Chad Simmons, who, you know, obviously one of you know, a guy for our company as well. And obviously somebody that we all very much respect. But I've, I've, I've traded stories with Chad and man, he's got some good ones through Heinz for sure. Oh, yeah. I was, it, you know, for me, it was, I, I kind of came into it a little bit backward. I was obsessed with the NFL draft and yeah. I, and I loved the evaluation process and the whole thing of that. And then I remember the very first tape that I really got into was Alec Ogletree. And I can sing you washing powder money by OJ the Juice Man, which was laid over the top of his YouTube highlights. And I probably watched those things a hundred thousand times, man. And I was like, this dude, this is a dude right here. This is a guy. And it was that for me, that was what hooked me in. I never thought I'd get to do it. I mean, but you know, I, I took the Rusty Mansell route and started hanging out with a guy who was doing it and volunteering. So that's 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 what got me there. <laughs> you know, I just I knew some people, but never really crossed my mind that hey, you know, I could get into this because you know those guys were young and they were trying to cut their own teeth as well. But um, I, I um, th those 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 times were meeting Hines, and we'll get into a story one day when about Hines Ward and how I had probably one of the most top secret bits of piece of information ever. And if I don't want to know now to bet my entire house against Georgia that weekend, <laughs> <laughs> my heart was too much bulldog at the times. So I was like, no, nah, we're good. We're good. No, and they got beat by 38 and the spread was three. So yeah, that wouldn't, that wasn't the wisest decision I ever made, but I see Dylan Brooks here saying he is a uh, pepper grad and, Saying I carried what do you say, Ken Urban to the state championship. I can assure you, Ken Urban played 10 and a half years in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and Ken is one of my lifelong best friends. I had a long talk today and and had some really cool times with him. The one thing I did was ride that man's coattails for, for 15 games. I can assure you. Uh crazy story. He wanted to go to Georgia, man. They didn't sniff him. And he wound up being a, a four-year, two-year All-American and Played ten and a half years in the NFL, so he he was a huge, huge Georgia guy. They could have used him at corner back in those early nineties. Hey, the only thing I got to claim to fame about any pros That's from my right. hometown is I saw uh, I saw Tyreek Hill on his grandma's hip when he was about three years old. <laughs> so I remember that. That's about you see, it. You see so. Ken right there. He still looks like he can play. We go out to eat. The dude gets like he'll get. It's like make sure there's no butter on it. Make sure it's steamed. I'm like, dude, can I get a cheeseburger? And put the gravy on top. And <laughs> he's like, "Hey, man!" So I, I have to be careful eating around him because he's he's got a uh, he's got one of those sleep uh, sleep chambers. 
So he takes care of himself. That dude's that dude's gonna live to be 120. <laughs> Rusty, I'm I'm interested, man. You know, you've been around it so long, and uh, you've you've been through a lot of them. What's I'm, there's got to be one, right? I think everybody has one that just kind of jumps off the page to them when they think about it. A recruitment that you covered that just when you think like this was the ultimate thing. What is it, man? What's what's the Rusty Mansell one? Ultimate crazy or ultimate like end up being good for Georgia? Let's do let's say ultimate crazy. Let's start there. Probably Laramie Tunsil. Oh and, yeah, you know. And, I think Jake Rowe might start nodding here in a second. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it, I mean, and listen, it was crazier for him than it was for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tunsil was uh, so that was that one was done, and and so. Signing day back then was in February on that first Wednesday. Back in the day, we only had one. So I had gone down to see him the night before Georgia, Florida played that year. Yeah, and we were we were down there on the sideline. Me, yeah, you, my brother, there. Will, friend, John, Lilly, bunch of people were there. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I had seen him that summer. That's back when we could go to camp and those type of things. I saw him as a junior, and I came down probably about two weeks before signing day, because at that point, those kids, they won't, if you'll go see them, they'll talk to you back then, but they weren't going to answer a, you know, a phone call. You had to call them back then with no DMs. Really, they're going to answer. I go down to see Laramie. I remember sitting there outside the gym, and I said, hey, you know, what do you think? He goes, man, I'm going to Georgia. And I said, anything, no other school? He goes, it's done, man. I already told the staff. And he actually showed me his phone. And you know when he verbally committed to Georgia? To the staff, the night Alvin Kamara played in the Georgia Dome in the state championship that year back in December. So he had been a solid commit. And back then, that carried a lot of weight. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't see a lot of changes. And uh, so he had verbally committed then. He actually showed me the text. He goes, look, this is when it was. I was like, dang, man, that's crazy. And, you know, I saw all the reaction from the coaches and so for about two weeks, I wasn't going to, you know, I, I felt, I kept writing, look, I think this guy's going to Georgia. And uh, so that Thursday, Thursday was Georgia's one visit. Will Friend, Mike Bobo, John Lilly, Mark Rick, all those guys. Well, on Friday, Ole Miss was going to come in and then they were trying to get him to come on campus that weekend, that last weekend. So I'd met some people at his high school. I called down there and said, hey, look, is anything going on with this? And he got, dude, he's not – Ole Miss is trying, but he's not going to Ole Miss. And then heard some rumblings about his brother and those types of things and scholarship and his brother and all that kind of stuff. So I called back that Friday morning. They're like, dude, he don't even want to talk to this staff. Like, he's not going to Ole Miss. So I felt good there. You know what I mean? And uh, So at that point, um, I was like, it's good. Friday afternoon about – no, I'm sorry. That was Thursday. Georgia was in on Wednesday. Ole Miss was on Thursday. And I'll tell you why I know that. Because I went on the Bill King show Friday morning back in the day, and I was doing my little spot. And I got a phone call from a very, very, very trusted source. And Ole Miss had been in that Thursday night. They're in home. And the source told me, said, he's going to Ole Miss. It's over. We're, we're not getting him back. And I said, dude, there's no way, like, this late – and and sure enough, like it was done. It was done. It, and I'll tell you this: um, he talked to Georgia's staff the night before signing day till probably three a.m. And when I woke up around six, I still thought when he came on ESPN that 
Wednesday around 3 p.m. that he was going to go to Georgia. But credit to whoever. They didn't let him go to school that day. <laughs> and he didn't come to school to about 2.30. So nobody got a chance to talk to him. Nobody got a chance to get in front of him. He walked in that building about 2.30 and about 3.05. He went live on national TV and he went to Ole Miss and the rest is history. So, you know, that one was crazy. It was wild. Regardless, he was one of the best offensive tackles. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, and I think both of you will agree. Had Laramie Tunsil gone to Georgia, I don't know – what would have happened for the future? Because I'll tell you this, they don't lose those two Missouri games because they got a left tackle that can block those guys. Yeah. And Laramie Tunsil could have single-handedly changed a lot of, you know, trajectory with Georgia. Uh, not saying that Kirby Smart wouldn't have ended up at Georgia at some point, but who knows what would have happened with Mark Rick could have played and maybe won another SEC championship. But Laramie Tunsil was the best player in that class, he would have been number one had somebody not freaking sabotaged him on that night. But I'm pretty sure he is still the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. And uh, he is a hell of a player. I've never yeah, seen I, him being bend. I've never seen a human being at a two-point stand. His butt is six inches yeah. off the ground. Yeah, his, he, could get his, he could get his femurs parallel with the ground. It was unreal. I still tell people to this day – because I saw Champ Bailey play in high school against yeah. Atkinson County. Yeah. I saw Charles Grant play in high school against Hawkinsville. Charles Grant in high school was still the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Um, but Laramie Tunsil is right there in that same breath. And listen, man, as far as when me and Rusty were on separate teams, I don't I don't run the 100 anymore. Uh, but if we were 100-meter guys, Rusty was like a 10-3 guy, and I was like a, you know, 11-1 guy. <laughs> but there were a couple there were all, a couple of recruitments like maybe two or three where I could I could run a 104 and uh, I could hang in there with Rusty you got to be there and Laramie Tunsil was one of them I had good sources on that one yeah. and I'll spill mine because he's because he's no nowhere near the program anymore I remember John Lilly calling me that morning that Friday morning yeah. uh, and I hadn't even reached out to him him and I had just been talking about it and John called me and he goes hey have you ever seen the movie dumb and dumber <laughs> and I said yeah he goes he goes, you know that – he said, you know that where he says, so you're saying there's a chance? He said, yeah. He goes, we don't have that with Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> That's what he said. I can tell you right now that, that the call I got Friday morning wasn't from Lily, but it was close. And it was it was blankety-blank. He's gone. He's going to Ole Miss. And I was like, man, yeah. I overreacted. And yeah, John Lilly, man, I, I will say this. You know, John, one of the things about getting to know him is – He's just – you want everything to go right for that guy. Oh, great you know? guy. Oh, yeah, great. the best dude ever. Yeah, great guy. Um, and, and when he said – when he when he he told me he goes, all that hard work, he said two and a half, three years of just, you know, evaluating – you know, we evaluated this kid. We were on him first. We recruited him harder than anybody else. We outworked everybody for this kid. We were not going to get him. Yeah. He said, he goes, this is – he said, this is destroying. That was a – that was a uh... – that was a wild one, and we'll get into it. But but uh, going to Seattle and uh, getting Jacob Eason when he basically recommitted. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm standing there in Seattle. Uh, by the way, I missed a flight. That's another whole story. I get up there. I remember that. That was a bad day for me. Missed, missed a flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bad day for me when you were standing in Seattle. That was well, so good. So I'm standing there and nobody's there. And I mean, thankfully his dad said, Hey Rusty, you've been covering him for a while. If you want this story, come to Seattle, you'll get it. I said, I'll be on a plane tomorrow. And uh, I went and I missed the, I missed the morning flight. So thank goodness 
a little behind. I caught the second flight, got there. Nobody was there. I walked in. I was like, this is fantastic. Yep. Lake Stevens, Washington. Lake Stevens, baby. And uh, first thing I'll tell you about Lake Stevenson, uh, Lake Stevens, I didn't realize there was 5,500 students in that school. So there's no parking. So I basically parked in Seattle and walked 40 miles into the school. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, Jacob, C, Jacob Eason, you know, he hasn't said it to me yet, but uh, he knows who I cover. And he walked up. He said, how you doing, Mr. Rusty? I said, hey, Jacob, how you doing? He goes, look, I'll, I'll uh, when I get done talking to my team uh, here, um, I'm going to give you an interview. I said, okay. I said, do what you need to do. I'm standing there. And his dad walks by and he said, you talk to Jacob? I said, yeah. He goes, you want to go in? I said, I'm not doing ace on this team. And and Jacob came up. He goes, you came all this way. Come in here with me. So I'm, I'm like, okay. Luckily, I thought about it and I turned my phone on. I was like, you know what? What if he said, what if he's telling him he's staying? So he walks, <laughs> he walks in and Bert, he was thanking his team because he was Gatorade National Player of the Year. Yeah, that's right. He was thanking his team. And he goes, oh, by the way, I'm staying at Georgia. And for them, they kind of clapped, you know, because I'm staying, I'm, I'm going to go to Georgia. And everybody kind of clapped, you know, and I'm like, holy moly. So <laughs> I start backing up, you know, and I'm trying to get by, I'm trying to slide by some guys, and I'll never forget, I look at my phone and I have zero signal because you're in a concrete, oh, yeah. you're in a concrete building. I can't call anybody to say, hey, break the story right now. I used the last 40 of my entire life, and I ran down a hall at Lake Stevens, Washington <laughs> and went out the hall and I ran onto the first, what I've seen high school with artificial turf. And I ran to dead center field at Lake Stevens high school. And I still had no signal. I couldn't even make a call. <laughs> and I looked at God. I said, God, I've come all the way, man. Can you give me two bars? Just give me. <laughs> and I kid you not. I had the video, which was about 50 seconds. And for whatever reason, I got a couple of bars and I got it to YouTube, just uploaded it. And I called that 24 seven office and I said, he just committed to Georgia, run it. I have no signal. I don't care. It's done. I'll call you in 20 minutes. And I didn't even know what was going on because I went back in the building, had no signal. Nobody had any signal. But I remember coming back out an hour later and getting my phone and it just exploded because all the text messages. But they were able to pull the YouTube and break the story that he was staying. So. That was kind of cool deal, but I remember thinking, man, I have no signal. I came up here for nothing. Eason was lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Eason was a, a – he was a pretty open dude, man. I mean, like, he, in, in terms of five-star quarterbacks, guys of his yeah. stature – he, he was a guy who would talk for sure. Still a great guy. Still a great yeah, guy. He, uh, he, uh, he comes, uh, he still texts me. He's in um, a couple weeks ago. He texted me from, uh, he was in Nashville. He's like, Hey dude, I'm up here in your city and listen to some country. He loves, I tell you what was funny. His dad would always say, he goes, what in the hell is going on with these pine trees in Georgia? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, my son loves them. He goes, country music and those damn pine trees. And you got my son all the way across the state, you know? So, uh, he was kind of a simple dude. He's going. He's dating a, a, a young lady for a long, long time from here. So he's playing in Carolina, and 
great guy, it, and I'm still happy for him. Spends, being spends a lot of time with uh, Georgia native Isaac Rochelle, from what I understand. A kid that went to Eagles Landing. They're really good buddies. They're very close, and I, you know, I think when he, I think when Georgia won the national championship this time, I think he tweeted something like, you know, go to all or something like that. This tells you what type of person. And I've heard Kirby personally talk about it in a private setting, and how Jacob Beeson handled that situation, yeah, and that loss against Alabama. And you remember, he did not walk in that locker room until Jake Fromm came off, and he walked out of that locker room knowing that was the last time he was ever going to wear a Georgia. He knew that. He knew it was the last time he was ever going to wear a Georgia uniform. And he walked off the field with Jake Fromm. Says a lot about that kid. Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't cause any kind of disturbance. I mean, you heard nothing about him being unhappy or anything like that. He just – he soldiered up and did what he was supposed to do. And, uh, you know, listen, I don't fault these young kids, these 18- to 22-year-olds for getting their ass on their shoulders a little bit and getting frustrated. I probably would too at that age. Um, but I, But what I can do is I can – have a lot of respect for the ones that absolutely just don't, you know, that don't get frustrated and, and do all that. Um, well, Bruce, we ready to get to the, you ready to get to the questions of all questions? Um, mm. and we can, we can dive in if you're ready. They're not, they're, they're not that special, Rusty. We're not that <laughs> special. I, feel like it's gonna, I feel like Rusty's going to have a good one. Though. I do too. I, yeah. I, this question was made for him. Your yeah. question was made for Rusty Mansell. All right. Dude. So, Rusty, my question to everybody and, and is what brand of jock strap did you wear in high school? <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, uh, part of the job, right, is is traveling on the road, staying in some some places. Mm-hmm. The worst hotel room Rusty Mansell has ever stayed in was blank. Does that have to be job related or like? No, 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 ever. Just ever. College spring break. Could get you sure. All right, so college spring break, and it's a well-known Georgia person, I'll say that. For whatever reason, we decided to go to spring break a night early, and we're like, we can't handle it. Well, back in the mid-'90s, if you go to Panama City, you have reservations at wherever, but there's no getting reservations. Everything's booked up. So we roll down there at about 9 p.m., night before we're supposed to check in our other place, and we're pumped, and we're like, we'll find something. Well, we didn't find anything. So a little while later, I, I'll never forget this name of the place. We stayed at the Cleopatra in Panama <laughs> City. And when I tell you, you seen that scene in, in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where they wake up in that one bed, it's just soaking wet. And this I swear just, to God, that's exactly what I was thinking uh, about when you yeah, said that. Yeah, so that's basically what that room looked like. And I remember looking over, and dude, she was over here. And I saw, I don't know if it was a cockroach or an iguana <laughs> come out of my man's shoe and i said hey dude hey over there what something's in your shoe man and i'm telling you this dude came out of his bed and we were gone out of that room in 30 seconds i'm talking out the door like bank robbers i mean it was the biggest bug i've ever seen in my life and i think we drove straight to the car walk. we wouldn't spoon it no we had two beds we had two, different <laughs> beds. two different beds. might have been twins dude i'm telling you but uh yeah, yeah, Cleopatra, man. I'm telling you, Panama City. That that place is probably a thirty for thirty one day. But uh, <laughs> I'll never forget staying there. I've stayed in some crazy places uh, on the road, but I've always kind of been, you know, kind of uh, kind of picky about where I stay. I can't really remember being too too bad, but I'll never forget Panama City that one night at Cleopatra, and we still talk about that. Me and my buddy on that one. That was not the best decision we've made. 
I, you you knew you probably had to know going in that anywhere named Hotel Cleopatra was not it yeah. was it's not going to turn out well for anybody. You got to understand the mind frame. <laughs> it's just get to that salt air and you just get to Clovila, you know. So, um, you know, those days were whew, it's a miracle that 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 everybody's still walking. It's like one of my old bosses called me. He was an English guy, a great dude. He called me one night and said, "Bloody hell." I just saw you on TV. I was so proud. And the police wasn't involved. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel that way after some of those trips in the 90s. But Cleopatra Hotel in Panama City, man, that was without a doubt. I don't even know what that bug was probably registered on endangered species because it came came out of a man's shoe and it, it was about to tie us both up. Everybody, everybody remembers the worst one. I'm telling you. That was the worst yeah. one. Yeah, everybody no remembers where I think Ross Dillinger was the one that told us it was in Tuscaloosa. He had taken his dad to an Alabama game or something. And oh yeah. Said that they tried to find one at the last minute and they found one. And it was mm. rough. Oof. Mm. Oh, mine, I mine, I've I've told mine was Mason Smith, dude. I went down to uh, go see him Ooh. down there in uh uh what, what's what what was the town he's from? Um Louisiana for sure. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like it's like not not New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's the other part. Real <laughs> real gumbo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love I love Louisiana. I love Louisiana. It's a cool place. Don't get me wrong. There's not really a a ritzy part of Louisiana. Homa. I was in Homa. Yeah. And uh blood on the sheets, uh hair dryer caught on fire. Um, oh, <laughs> water bottles under the bed, brother. <laughs> I got there at three in the morning and I was like, I'm not even going to fight it. I just took the sheet. I took the blood covered sheet off, threw it to the side and I just laid on the top of the mattress. And yeah. got four hours of sleep. Dude. Ooh, man. <laughs> oh man. Blood on the sheets. That'd have been the end of it for me. Dude. I just love the car, man. <laughs> now I'm surprised you didn't sleep in the car instead of the hotel Cleopatra. <laughs> Dude, we didn't realize until that until that the light hit that there was a damn dinosaur in there with us. <laughs> <laughs> Something prehistoric. You know, when All you right, walk in trip over the shag carpet, it should have been the damn warning sign. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, my question is uh, you know, we ask everybody this. Mine is all right, listen, let's just put ourselves in a scenario here. They have found you face down dead in a ravine somewhere mm. you're standing above your body and you get to arrange your own funeral who's performing Oof. it can be anybody it can be music it can be a comedian if you want it mm. uh you can have creflo dollar do the sermon if you want i don't care jake Rowe can get up there and tell lies about you yeah mm. I, w- I wouldn't tell a lie about rest oh <laughs> uh, man that's a tough one to show my age a little bit Obviously, and we'll have to tell this. Well, I tell this is completely different story one night because I know we're going to go with this, and I'm fascinated by that deal. I actually text him that day it happened. Well, without a doubt, it'd been Prince if I could. So we'll, we'll talk about Jake Roos having to go undercover to FBI, you know, witness protection for one night. Ooh, not we're still we're still knocking on the the door that the estate's not calling, brother. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just. Brian Bivens, I just saw Motley Crue and bless their hearts. They were, they were, they were awful. But dude, Vince, Vince Neal looks rough. Vince Neal has seen better days, man. I think he stayed at Cleopatra still. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> music wise, you know, for me, like Stone Temple Pilot, Scott Wild is no longer with us. So it kind of hurts. Foo Fighters, you know, with Taylor gone, that was a great band. I saw live. I'm still a Pearl Jam guy, old school. 
Eddie Vedder and those guys, uh, I've seen them a lot, a lot of times live. Uh, if I had to go like new age kind of country guy for me, it'd be Eric Church. I think he is fantastic. And um, Luke Combs, man, Luke Combs has played a hundred times in Rome. I saw that dude play in front of 20 people. And I was like, dude, this dude, this dude's large, man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he will stop that with his voice in a second. Like he, he shuts you up. And uh, I saw him play at, uh, I saw a highlight from the other night. He played Nissan stadium in, in Tennessee in Nashville and sold it out two nights in a row. And his thing was, if you got a dream, do it. Cause I'm a 300 plus pounder. I just sold this bitch out twice. Nice. And I love that. You know, about like he, he, yeah. he owns who he is and that's who he is, but ultra talented, man. I've seen Luke Combs play here a couple of times. I actually saw Luke Combs with, uh, with uh, standing shoulder to shoulder with Sam Pittman. Funny story there. We turned over and I said, coach Pittman, I think that's Ben Cleveland right there. He looks over and Ben Cleveland, they kind of hold their beer up together and <laughs> kind of nod, going about their business, man. That was a that was a fun one. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget uh, you saying once that uh, Jake Reese looks like he's always dressed to go to a Pearl Jam concert. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I saw Pearl Jam in like '97 <laughs> or '98, not something at Lakewood, Atlanta. And I remember thinking, dude, they, they, I hope they're not lip syncing this stuff, man. They're backtracking because it sounded great. And I was like, something's going on. So Eddie Vedder singing. And all of a sudden, you see this guy flash across the stage and tackling. And you can hear the mic drop. So you knew it was live. It was Dennis Rodman. And Rodman's hammered. Like he's, I know it's surprise. He's like hammered. Yeah. So, you know, he he, he ran with Pearl Jam, you know, pretty hard. So, yeah, you look at Eddie Vedder there in the front. They've seen better days. That's how I look. The guy on the right over there, I look, <laughs> I look like Eddie Vedder this morning. That's me on the right over. I'm just holding on with no sleeves and a mullet right now. So that's how you feel on the inside. <laughs> there's a there's a video, there's a photo, a meme of a smoking chimpanzee that Roos always talks about. That's how he feels. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a monkey smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, yes, yeah, a chimpanzee feel, smoking man. a cigarette. <laughs> how uh, I feel. Man. So, all right, now I got to pin you down on this, okay? Because I'm a, I'm a big J journalist. Um, all right, anybody, <laughs> any era, you can take it. Anybody, any area, who's it going to be? Is it going to be? Is it? Is it Prince '91? Who is it? Like one musician? Yeah. yeah. One who's guy. doing that funeral? Man, I have a hard time not having Prince play "Purple Rain." Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen it, uh, you guys. I, I tweeted a couple weeks ago. Bruce has probably seen it, but. You get a chance to go watch something and, hear, and, and watch the backstory on uh, Jimmy Fallon talk about it. It's a Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary party, and Prince was there about 4 a.m. They finally got him convinced to play a song, and everybody was playing songs. Bruce Springsteen, yeah, everybody's there playing. Jim Carrey, I mean, it, it's a Chevy Chase, a who's who in that crowd, and they finally convinced him to play a song. And, and dude didn't want to do it. It's like four o'clock in the morning. He gets up there and grabs guitar and plays about two, two verses of uh, let's go crazy. And if you want to watch an alpha dude completely shut down a room, look at the, look at Chris rock and Chris Tucker and Jimmy Fallon and Chevy chase and Jim Carrey. Wait till they show them. And they're all just standing there. Everybody's mouths are wide open, just shocked. And when you talk about an ultra talented guy i mean i knew it was five three but um you know you watch a guy that can absolutely tear up a guitar write music sing songs ultra ultra talented uh in my world prince was that was a dude grab that grab that group uh that whole room by the throat 
I there think I, if I, I don't know if it's a true quote or not, but I've so often heard it said that like somebody asked Eric Clapton one time, that, yeah. it, like being the uh, the greatest guitar player, and he was like, "You should just ask Prince." Yeah, dude, he played in a forum one time. I I, I got lost several nights in a in a Prince YouTube, <laughs> and he played the forum one night in L.A. And dude just sat on a stool with a guitar in front of eighteen thousand people, and nobody nobody moved. Like he interacted, he played songs. Like you just, that's insane, man, to do that. And not, not only the, the Super Bowl deal is another whole story. Oh my God. You know what's crazy? You bring up something right there, and, and obviously we're running out of time here, but you bring up something that I want that, that just kind of struck a chord with me about being in LA for the national championship game. You know, we're riding a bus over to wherever we're going for the, for the thing, or we're going downtown at some point to do media day because we didn't do that over in, uh, in Inglewood. We did that more towards the downtown area. And, uh, we ride by the forum and there are dudes in that bus, you know, from 45 yeah. to 60 that are like, my God, it's the forum. forum my baby. God. That's Larry Bird. They're going nuts. Magic, that's magic and bird right there. Yeah. Man. They're going nuts over the forum and a little bit before my time. So I didn't really get it, but they were just, they were like, man, there's the forum. Can you believe it? They're there with their phones, like taking photos. And I'm like, that was neat, man. Damn arena, man. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, we, I went to Staples Center to say, uh, did you guys go that Friday night and see the Hawks play the Lakers? No, Hawks? no, uh, we went. Uh, but that next night's when we, when me and you and BA uh, went to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, whew, y'all had me in some spots. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we went to uh, we went to the frolic room, baby. Yeah, golly, man, I was like, Jake, where are we? Where are you got me, man? So it was awesome. It was like, yeah, that's the forum, man. I grew up watching those those games, the Pistons playing the Lakers there, and obviously Larry Bird playing the Lakers there. That was that was uh, showtime right there, the Lakers for sure. All right, man. Well, we're gonna. This is a little bit shorter than a normal. Bark after dark because you started with us. You started at the very beginning, and uh, you want we're gonna have you on a lot more on this stuff, and we'll get on. We'll tell some more stories and have a good time, dude. But, yeah, we got to do the wrestling one. For yeah, sure. we're, we're gonna we, do we, a we, wrestling pod. Hey, if you could get Arn Anderson to come on with us. Oh my God, is he cutting keys at the Great come Value? On. Come on, you can get you can get Arn Anderson on the I, show. I, I might could get Arn Anderson. Oh my, my God, dude, I'm going to freak out if you yeah. get Arn Anderson on this show. <laughs> So I'll tell you my Art Anderson story. The night OJ ran in in his Broncos, <laughs> I sat in a booth with Arn Anderson in Rome, Georgia, at a bar called Bogey Joe's, and we drank pitchers on Miller High Life. And it was like, is he gonna make it or not? And Arn Anderson ordered about 75 pitchers of beer. And we we're watching one of those big white, those big wooden big screens, you know, that kind of sit in the floor. Uh, so I sit there with Arn Anderson. That's the first time I'd called up with him. He knew my aunt and uncle and dad, and he knew all them. So he knew me when I was a little kid. He was like, I can't believe, you know, like you're growing up and everything. So he uh, sat, in a, sat in a booth with him, man, and watched OJ running the Bronco. So me and Arn Anderson, we I almost got a tattoo the next day. That was that was I, I think I peaked that night. To be honest with you, <laughs> I know I'm serious. Listen, there's there, you, there are very few people you can get on this podcast. Other than Arn Anderson, that would make me like fangirl out. To do, to, could, I mean, you think I got stories? Could you imagine the stories he's got? Oh, I can't even. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, can we just start a whole separate podcast oh, with Arn Anderson? Joe Brooks definitely knows what he's talking about. Shout out Joe Holbrook. That was Bogey Joe. He owned a bar in Rome, and uh, there's a, many of Georgia staff have had a few hydrations in that place. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, listen, this ain't the last time you're going to be on Bark After Dark. It won't be. And we haven't spent our last night in Rome. We're going to get over there at some point too. go to that, uh, Go yeah, to the courtyard. I think we made it go to, to the do, courtyard. We have to do like one of those uh, live, the live shows, like uh, like where we're all sitting around the table, man. Hey, yeah. when you buy that, hey, when you buy that boat, you were telling me you're going to buy yesterday. We need to get on the. Uh, we'll we'll do a live from the boat in the river. Yeah, like y'all seen water? Was it Water World? Those smoker crafts, Kevin Costner. That's what I'm. <laughs> I'm a smoker craft, man. So. All right, but hey, go get you some sleep, man, and uh, get ready to put some good stuff up tomorrow at Dollars HQ. What what um, time do you got me? putting this up like what time you what time are you expecting it well after it in just any time after you do that meet and greet from 4 a.m to 6 at giggity's in the morning (laughs) (laughs) into my my nap time i mean (laughs) me. we love uh, rusty we love rusty like hey man you'll be end of the day you'll be done let's let's knock out a pod at nine on monday it's like hell yeah that's a great idea about three o'clock day, I was like, what in the heck are they, <laughs> they done, man? It's I'm just dude, glad you man. survived Orange Theory today, man. Dude, I had to go to Orange Theory today. I had to I had to have one hour just like whew. I had to I had to, to uh let it out, kind of steam there for a minute. So uh got back in the car and had two hundred and fifty missed calls and seventeen hundred text messages. None of them were from me. I didn't bother you. No, 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 no. I called Jake Rowe for one and I said, Look, dude, I need an hour. I mean, I, you know, if Garrison Hurst comes back for his last year, you're going to have to break it because I'm, <laughs> I'm out for an hour. So it's good, man. It's a great day. Good, man. It's so good to be with you two guys and our team, Palmer and uh, Wes and, uh, you know, Chad doing some, some stuff with us. But it it was – it's humbling, to be honest with you, what happened today. And um, very, very excited about the people there and, you know – Shannon Terry, who is a person that we all have hitched our wagon to, you know, he said, star wagon. We've all hit star wagon to him and I have to, and, um, you know, made some videos today of me, but I, I want to take this time to, to say that, man, I, you guys have, everybody brings something to the table. And when I look at the pieces of the puzzle, when I looked at this thing and how can we make this site, the one that people want to go to, because let's be honest, I've said it before. It's a great market. Now this is a great freaking Georgia market. And Georgia recruits good and Georgia's winning games. So, you know, there's a lot of people there, but I think we're different than a lot of people. Uh, we've got connections, we've got creativity and, you know, we're just, we're just dudes, man. We're hanging out on the boards like you are. And we want to talk Georgia football and recruiting. We want to talk wrestling and, 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 and this bark after dark that y'all have got me damn locked into right here. So, um, you know, it, it's exciting times, man. And, and anything is it, what today uh, what we saw today is any indication of what's about to happen here. Whew, this is going to be a, a huge place. It's going to be a fun place. More importantly, buckle up. It's going. It's going to be a little smoother ride than the Ninja at Six Flags, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> what about the roller coaster? What was that? A Great American? Uh, what was that the, one? The screen screen machine, machine, baby. Oh my God, dude! He's run that thing backwards every now and then. God, we can go on so many different rabbit trails. We got to get out of here. Yep. Hey, yep. go get you some sleep, man. Well, I'll probably end up talking to you after we get off the air. All right, y'all. Hey, it's been Bark After Dark. This won't be the last time Rusty's been on. We're going to have some more good guests coming up. So, uh, y'all, take it easy. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.